0: Welcome to Vegan Business Talk with Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of Vegan Business Talk. I'm Katrina Fox, journalist, author and PR consultant and founder of Vegan Business Media, a content events and training platform providing success strategies for vegan business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, just quickly, before we jump into the main part of the show, I wanted to let you know about my online PR course and group coaching program, Vegans in the Limelight. And this is a 12 month online program where you have video training that teaches you everything you need to know about how to do your own PR. You can ask questions on the platform and you can also post your proposed pitches and media releases before sending them to journalists to get my feedback. You also get to jump on a monthly live group call where you can ask whatever questions you want about your business and you can get tailored help from me on anything to do with raising the profile of your brand. So it might be that I look at your website and give you some feedback or how to improve your LinkedIn profile and other marketing and PR topics. So if you'd like to find out more about that, just hop on over to veganbusinessmedia.com and you'll see a link there for Vegans in the Limelight. And now on to the main part of the show. In this episode, I interviewed Damien Clarkson and Judy Nadal, co-founders of VeVolution, a plant-based event startup in London, UK. Damien has spent the past decade primarily working on social change projects for some of the UK's biggest NGOs and brands. He's previously run a creative agency, and in fact, he's been on this show before, back in 2016, in episode 35, talking about digital strategy. But since then, he and Judy have taken VVolution forward and now work on it full time. Judy is a creative tour de force. She's passionate about the sensory arts, promoting women via her platform Badass Vegan Women, and encouraging people to care about animals and the environment. She's worked with some of the biggest organisations in the UK in creating digital work and curating hackathons. With a background in events management, her main aim for each project and event is to bring people together to connect and create unique one-off experiences. In this episode, Damien and Judy talk about how they've managed to secure some of London's most prestigious and expensive venues and still break even on their events. What the most popular events have been and how they decide what kinds of talks, topics and events to run. The marketing strategies they use to attract crowds to their events. What's involved in pulling together their pitch and plant event, which is a vegan version of Dragon's Den or Shark Tank how they work with sponsors and brands over and above the typical stall, table or booth offering to achieve a win-win that helps both parties' businesses grow, how they got onto an accelerator programme with one of the UK's largest banks, and much more. Here's the interview with Damien Clarkson and Judy Nadal from VivaLution. Hello Damien and Judy! Lovely to speak with you. <laughs> Welcome to the show, both of you. And I know that we, um, we've we had Damien on before and you can listen to uh, to Damien's uh, episode in that we did a while back. But I'm really happy to have both of you on the show be- to talk about Evolution, which is a really interesting vegan startup that's gone from strength to strength. So in a nutshell, uh, you're a plant-based startup and you particularly offer events um, discussing uh, a range of issues related to veganism from business to health and fashion and everything. So just tell me a little bit in a nutshell what's the why behind v Evolution? So what's your aim and your mission and why did you start it?
1: Yeah I guess I'll go, I'll go first on this. We started v V-Volution about two years ago because we knew all these amazing people who were vegan and doing all these really interesting things in the world and we we felt like we needed to create a really super highly produced professional platform to talk about, you know, the big solutions um, to the problems we're facing, like uh, as a world, you know, climate change, um, animals suffering and, and health crises. So we felt that Evolution could become this really interesting platform for ideas and stories to be shared. And um, it's kind of turned out to be that way. And I, and I think now today we definitely exist to inspire people to Eat more plants, to try veganism, and to go out and create positive change in the world. And with whatever their passion is, you know, whether someone's passionate about business or passionate about fashion or passionate about campaigning, we want them to go out there and kind of seize the moment and. Believe in themselves and um, create some positive impact.
2: Yeah, and, and another main reason why we started as well is that we really wanted to lower the kind of barrier to getting involved in the vegan community and we really wanted to attract vegan, non vegan people to our yeah. events. And so we wanted to make it a place for vegan people to come and feel empowered and inspired, but we really wanted to attract non vegan people to feel included and just to like learn more about the movement and to feel that they were in a kind of safe space that they weren't going to be judged and they were going to be part of the community. And like, and said we also really want to kind of produce a highly professional event and put it on in like really creative spaces that would hopefully get into mainstream press and um and yeah get the word out there i love that you've touched on the the spaces
0: and events now event spaces are notoriously expensive to hire they are in sydney they are in london new york everywhere it's always kind of a, a big thing about you know if you want to hold an event that's often the biggest expense or one of the biggest expenses. Now, you've managed to get into some, like you said, some really cool places. I think one of the months, uh, most recent one is the Roundhouse uh, in London. And, and you've, been, you've had events in Mayfair, which for international uh, listeners is probably the most expensive or one of the most expensive places in London. So tell us a little bit about how have you made that happen and still managed to make your events either break even or profitable if indeed they have?
2: Yeah, like you said, like, our main challenge actually with doing the evolution is the cost of the venues like and especially with the types of venues we choose because from the from the start we always wanted to pick really creative spaces that would attract you know because we feel like if you put it on in like an obscure space you know if it's like an obscure topic then maybe a non-vegan person might not be attracted to go to it whereas if it's in a really prestigious like location where you know it's really creative and people know about it already like kind of lowers that barrier to entry where people feel safe because they're going to a place they're familiar with and also because because it will hopefully get into the mainstream press. And it will just, like, veganism and plant the plant-based world will just be taken seriously as well, more seriously. But it's been really, really hard for us, because it is crazy expensive. Like, I'm quite fortunate that my background is in events, so I've kind of had different relationships with venues um, over the years of me working in events. Um, So with the Roundhouse, I actually worked at the Roundhouse for quite a few years. And so I have still a few relationships there. So that's how that partnership came about. And so I was really fortunate. But we've had to work super, super hard with researching, with negotiating, with, you know, really trying to sell people what we're trying to do. Because... What we found, especially at the beginning of doing the evolution, is that we were going out to a lot of venues because, because especially with the festival, we need certain um, criteria with spaces and you know the capacity. So we're going out to some venues that I had no contacts with, and people couldn't quite understand what we were at the beginning. They thought we were a trade show, or well, they thought they just. Understand what we were, and so we really had to sell them on what we were doing. And we were lucky to, you know, like the one in Mayfair. That was like that was actually quite tough at the beginning. But we went there and we met with the event manager, and we gave her loads of information. And then she became, then they were on board with what we were doing. And we've had to be quite careful. So like with that venue, that was a charity, so we were able to do something in Mayfair because it was reduced rates because it was a charity. And mm. um, So it's about doing lots and lots of research and also lots of negotiation.
1: Yeah, and something that's really helped us actually is that we've always paid to have professional photographers at our events. We've always recorded films and videos at our events so that we can show them to venues and they can visualise what we do. And they're like, wow, this looks really slick and looks really professional and you know, it doesn't look scary and it just looks like something they can get on board with. So that's really, really helped us. And I think another thing that has helped us is that we've We made a commitment as an organization that we were always going to create free content. We were going to film some of our events we were going to record our podcast that comes out weekly, and we wanted to create this free educational content for people around the world and as a result we we had to, we recognized that we would charge a higher ticket price than some other plant based events because we wanted to produce things in really expensive venues because we wanted it to look amazing. We want people to look at veganism as a movement and go wow, this is something that is here to stay and this is something that's in the mainstream. So we kind of said, okay, we know our events are going to be a little bit more expensive, but they're going to be really, really, really great. And then you're also going to be able to get free content. If you can't make it to London, if you can't afford to get, there's always free content for people.
2: Yeah. And like and also with going back to kind of the, you know, how expensive the venues are and about breaking even, like in all honesty, like with our events, we do basically break even because we could probably pick a cheaper venue that's like not as like in a great location and you know, you know, kind of like lower the kind of risk in that sort of way. But for us we always wanted to put veganism in kind of the mainstream and at the forefront and kind of challenge and especially at the beginning because like things have changed so much over the past you know couple of years but like at the beginning when we were doing these events like veganism wasn't in the mainstream like how it is now and we really wanted to be part of the movement who was like putting in the mainstream so for us we kind of took that risk in like choosing like, the more expensive venues and to break even over like you know doing it somewhere cheaper to kind of like make loads of money because for us we had like a different sort of reason why we were doing yeah. it
0: yeah, got it. Got it. And I love that. I love the the kind of you You really set your brand up from the beginning and been very clear about what you want to do and how you want to produce it. And I love the way you've said you've been working with the venues, because I think that makes a difference. I know I was approached just this week to coordinate a panel as part of a big Sydney a festival that happens here in sydney very mainstream um even happening on the north shore which is unheard of around veganism and um but, but they're kind of on board with it and i think that does make a big difference because they're also be sending out to their lists you know what i mean like oh. they're happy to send out to their own lists and stuff so they're reaching that mainstream audience so I, I love the fact that you're doing that it is a different um a different take on say vegan festivals which typically people go oh, it's a vegan festival it's a vegan event well i can't go i'm not vegan and i think now we're seeing like what, what you're doing is actually well yeah it's a, a, a plant-based vegan event but everybody is welcome and bringing it mainstream so I love that so thank you for for sharing um that about the venues and I think you're right it's about getting those relationships going get people on board and then yeah trying to get some kind of discounted rate or some kind of support from them so that you're not yeah necessarily paying the big corporate rates and what have you which is fantastic so what would you say then I know you haven't been going deep in a couple of years now what would you say some of the mistakes that you've made to date with VVolution? what did you learn and what would you do differently
1: I think we're sometimes a bit too quick to say yes to things which I know sounds
0: <laughs> good to
1: say yes to things but I think we're, we've been really really small team you know it's been me and Judy for pretty much two years we now have a couple of people working with us part-time but you know as veganism's grown as evolution has grown people want to collaborate with us and which is really lovely and want to want to offer us things to do and sometimes we're like yeah we do that yeah we do this yeah we do that and then before you know me and judy are completely mackered and burnt out and, <laughs> and yeah. we've said yes too many times so i think we we definitely like sometimes we've been a bit um, what's the word reactive yeah like we've just kind of suggest the things when we need to maybe take a slightly longer term if you and say okay we've got to say no to a few things because this will then enable us to do something that's really aligned with our goals so i think that's been maybe one mistake we've made a few times. Yeah
0: that's an interesting one i think that's a big one i think for a lot of business owners whether vegan or not i know i've heard that a few times uh from people and it is tempting you know especially when you've got a new brand and you're putting yourself out there and then people start coming to you there is that temptation to go, oh yeah this sounds great and um yeah so that that does actually make um, a lot of sense now you talked about how so you managed to break even by putting the ticket prices slightly higher and just you know angling the event at a particular way so how have you kind of um funded this to date um because if you we're just breaking even with with this you've now got kind of a bit of a part-time team how have you managed to to do that i know damien when we spoke previously you were had your own agency um doing content creation etc so can you talk a little bit about how Evolution has been funded to date so far
2: yeah like i'll speak at the beginning so at the beginning when we started Evolution, like we were both doing kind of jobs on the sides so like damien had his agency i was doing events for other people so i was producing events for other people so we were both having kind of like our own like careers yeah. on the side, so evolution. evolution was a sideline, <coughs> wasn't it? Yeah, it was like uh-huh. a passion to start with, and we never expected it to be, you know, what it is now. Like we thought it was going to be a one-off event, and it's turned into this incredible community. community yeah. Um, but to start with, we were both doing our own jobs, and then as as it after we did the first event, we noticed that there was something in this, and that we wanted to put more time into it. So then we started kind of pivoting into the fact that we were doing more consultancy work. So we were trying to work with you know vegan brands and other businesses to just fund to fund us being able to do the event side of things. And so we we're doing a lot of like consultancy work with with different companies, and we we're also fortunate to get like a couple of donations. Um, who were there that kind of helped us, like, basically go full time on and yeah. um, But the main thing with our events is that how we are able to pay for our time was that it was through a sponsorship and kind of brand deals um so like the tickets basically paid for the event to happen and they how, still do and they still do and to pay for our time it was through kind of working with sponsors and working with brands and bringing them to our events and it wasn't just kind of like you know here's a stall at the event we really work with all of our sponsors and brands to give them the most exposure with our community and to make them part of like the vvolution family and to really champion what they're doing but we have to we're, we, and also advise
1: them as well advise we, them, we give yeah. them bits of advice nice i
2: love that that's really good i really appreciate you sharing
0: this because you're right in terms of sponsorship people often think oh yeah okay you get a free stall and you put your name on the website you know maybe a banner up and and that's it but I I think sponsors are now expecting more they want more now and it's important to yeah, like you say develop that relationship and really genuinely put them in front of your audience which obviously you need to have the right sponsors and not just anyone who's prepared to throw money at you so that you feel comfortable uh, introducing them to your audience so I I love that you've, you've shared that fantastic and I was curious how you got from yeah like you say having the side gig which many entrepreneurs start out to being um able to do this full time so that's um that's yeah. fantastic
1: we were really lucky to get um a donation from an anonymous individual um a while back that really allowed me and judy to you know make the step to full time even if that was only temporary but then that extra time that we were able to put in the business it meant that we were able to get more brands on board mm. and then kind of start to become mm. more so nice uh, we you know there are good people out there looking out for vegan businesses and um i think that that really yeah. helped us i mean it was, saved us really yeah like,
2: because doing the consultancy work was great and we were really passionate about working with vegan brands but it really ate into our time so we didn't really have much time to really focus on v as a business and the strategy do, and do you
1: remember i'd come home from work and we'd be like sending out sponsorship emails at like yeah. 10 o'clock yeah. at night <laughs>
2: that was such a hard we're, thing to kind of balance we're working yeah. like
1: half 12, I mean. we still we still do sometimes but yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So the,
2: the, the kind of sponsors and like what you were saying about finding the right kind of people we this is something that we really care about because we obviously don't want to just work with any brand that you know doesn't align with like our values and our ethos and our community so we really try and handpick like the best you know people that we want to work with and that share our vision and we've been really fortunate that all the sponsors we've worked with and that have found us we found really do that and they are part of the family and it's it's like you're saying it's not kind of just like a soulless thing where they just get a stall. like we really care about these 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 brands and we believe in their products which i think is the most important thing So mm. i think you can tell when a when a company is working with a brand that they don't truly believe in and yes. especially kind of product but they don't really care about you know the story behind the brand and that's what we do like we're about storytelling so we have to make sure that we were working with brands that have an amazing story and that they've you know come to this place where we want to be able to share their vision and what they're doing
1: yeah and we, we kind of position it as we're be your inside insider into insider vegan movement and you know you can call us up at any time and you know if you've got a new product or an idea or you want to run a campaign like we've got that experience from our other life basically mm. for the evolution and we can be of value to them in that way so it's it, it's more than just yeah rocking up you know, yeah you get
0: Yeah, got it. Love it, love it. it. Now, you you were recently um accepted onto the NatWest uh, Business Accelerator program. I saw that you posted that on your Facebook. Can you tell us a bit about that? So, what it is, how it came about, and how exactly it works. So, what do you get out of it, and for how long?
1: Yeah. So, how it came about actually was that another plant-based business, um, Mindful Bites, um, are based out of that accelerator program. In um, it's based in Angel, which is an area in central London. Mm. Um. And they, they recommended that we apply for it. So I hadn't heard of it, um, but it it basically NatWest have put loads of money aside to support startup businesses as part of their strategy as a bank. Um, and as part of that, they have um, these accelerators around the country, which they run for um, lots of different businesses, um, a lot of financial tech businesses, fintech businesses, and then um, I guess companies like ours. And a uh, yeah, it's, it basically means that Vvolution will have office space for the next six months in Angel. Um we will get mentoring from business coaches and kind of um help us will open up their little black book to help us get meetings with people we maybe want to connect with. So um we're really excited to join it. I think they said to us they have only over five hundred people applying, they select about fifty companies. Um we had to pitch so And then, that was uh, one of the most intense, terrified.
2: scariest pitches ever <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes to um with with two of the people from the accelerator program, and we had sixty seconds to pitch our business, oh and we're like, How do oh, like, "We do a Oh my god! the, the apprentice, apprentice, or
1: something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really it's really exciting, and I think for us to to be in there as like a vegan business, um have lots of other companies who hopefully we can collaborate with. And, you know, it's just, it just is the next step for us in terms of helping Devolution become a sustaining thing that can continue to grow and, and inspire people and be part of this, like, amazing community. So, yeah, we're really excited about it. Yeah. So
0: what was the, the sort of, because obviously, the, like you say, 500 companies apply, so it's obviously very competitive. So what do you think you did? Like, what were the requirements and what do you think you did to stand apart and get accepted onto something like that?
1: think we're very passionate about what we do you know we care deeply about veganism we care deeply about climate change we care deeply about you know helping people have good lives you know so I think our passion probably helped us and I think you know Evolution has been within our little niche has been a success story I think that's undoubted it's been it's been one of the businesses that has kind of done well the last couple of years so um, I think you know um, we, we probably I think our vision of why we do what we do was probably a strong, Yeah, reason why we got in. Hundred percent.
2: I think they also saw that we're doing quite a lot of things, and I think they wanted to help us streamline what we're doing as well, which is good because I think we need that. We've never, we don't have mentors, we don't have business coaches, so I think that's something that we we really need actually. And I think they saw that, and they were. I think they seemed quite excited about. They commented on how we are doing quite a lot of things, and you know, would we be up for them kind of giving us feedback, and would we change you know the way we're doing things? And we were totally open to that, and we said yes because we need we need that sort of support and outside. The objective of like what we're doing so i think that's something they saw in us that they could help us like streamline a bit what we're
1: doing something we get a lot because we get so many startups come to me, both myself and judy and say can you help me can you guide me can you just like give me advice can like, we get asked it all the time i'm sure you do as well yeah you. yeah <laughs> uh, i always say is that in my opinion or in judy's opinion we think this we don't say that this is the definitive answer and we are yeah. like this is because we're learning as entrepreneurs all the time exactly and, yeah um, yeah you know we may have some good advice for people but it's um it's no, by no means the the best the best advice that might be available so we're totally up for to learning we think this experience is going to be like very good for us yeah
0: fantastic now you've run lots of different events um like we we talked about including your latest one judy she loves plants which is a female yeah. empowerment yeah. event and community what have been the most popular? Uh, events and how do you decide what type of talks or events to run?
1: Well, the, mo- the most popular is the festival, people come from all over the world to attend that, literally we have people from Guatemala, jungles come over, we have people from Los Angeles, we have people from all across Europe, Asia, so the the Bevolution Festival which we run every year in November is their kind of showcase event but yeah, like we
2: yeah. I think I think all the events are popular in their own right. Yeah. They're all they're all very different. So I think they attract a certain kind of person. So I think they're all popular in their own right. Like yeah. with the festival, we do have because it's such a it's big, big event thing. and it's like a whole day and there's like so much going on. I think that's why you know people do travel. But then also with our plant-based business boot camp, we've yeah. had people traveling from around the world as okay. well. So I think with each all the events we've done, they've um they've all been super strong and popular in their own right. and yeah. um, with with how we kind of come up with you know the different ideas and find the speakers like we it is tricky because we just have so many ideas and we want to do everything at once but what we've learned is to really like try and you know kind of have a strategy behind it and we you know do as much planning as we can and you know we I think the way you know She Loves Plants has come about plant-based business boot camp is that we saw there weren't other events like that happening and so we try and not kind of copy things that have been done beforehand and we try and innovate and do something different and so I think that's how we've been able to come up with like lots of different types of topics but they all have the same sort of like mission in the middle of it so at the heart it's you know we are trying to kind of like put veganism in the mainstream and also attract non-vegan people that's always kind of at the forefront and to put like to put on the most kind of creative events so that's like always at kind of the heart of what we're doing but we love to experiment and to try new different to try new different events out yeah and she
1: loved it as a fine fine example of that
2: and it was just such event like i was just overwhelmed with the energy and the discussions and it was just and also i think um the reason why we do these different events especially like she loves plants is you know at the festival for example like we have different topics like the environment you know health and well-being food innovation but there's some topics that aren't discussed because you know it's just maybe not the right platform whereas that she loves plants we were able to really hone in on like things that we don't normally talk about at um at the festival for example like how climate change is like actually a feminist issue issue and you know honing in on more kind of like niche sort of areas Um, yeah like how we got um wickerware um who have created like a sustainable reusable um like sanitary um period panty basically and how they're trying to re-educate you know people on periods and it's you know it's just so incredible to be able to have the platform to give these speakers who are doing the most amazing work the the voice to be able to do something there whereas at the festival we're not always able to kind of experiment with it
0: Got it. No, that makes sense. It sounds wonderful. I'm just shame you're so far away. I'm envious. I want to come. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> you, know, you, um, you, we, we touched on <laughs> <laughs> We
1: do like a, a cross, yeah. cross world.
0: yeah that would be fun that would be fun now you also run a a vegan version of uh, dragon's den as it's known in the uk or elsewhere it's probably known better as shark tank almost it's not exactly the same format but it's kind of got a a bit of a a vibe around it where basically plant-based businesses uh, they come together in the uk and they they compete to actually win an investment and i know that that particular event I think you've run it twice if if I'm right or and and obviously the second one there was a much bigger amount of money on the table that was available so can you just talk us through a little bit about what was involved in pulling that together what were the challenges and what did you have to do to make the second event better than the first one?
1: Yeah I think the the second event was better because it was a sort of standalone event it was at the end of our plant-based business boot camp we kind of for the evening we turned the the venue around and we had a, a whole event with 100 people there whereas the first one we kind of just threw it into Viva Festival and thought well, it would be a fun little thing to do as part of the festival programming so as a standalone event that definitely made it more sense of a, an occasion. In terms of um, running the event I think the biggest challenge is to find the right partners to work with so not everyone knows investors who have got lots of money to put into companies so I think like we've built up a network over the last couple of years of people who are passionate about supporting plant based business in that way, so I think we're you that's a unique position we 're in that we kind of as a company that you know showcases great ideas and stories from vegan people we 've attracted a real kind of entrepreneurial community to evolution mm. um, and so like we've we've met investors who we can work with along the way through that and the and and so that really puts us in a good position to market the event as well because so many people in our community want to work for themselves and they want to do a plant-based vegan business because they they um believe in it you know and they really want to make an impact and change the world so it's 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 a natural thing thing for us to do
2: yeah have an ethical investor as well it's like what Damon's saying it's it's very difficult to find somebody who is like aligned with what you're doing and who you know who ultimately wants to help further veganism and you know obviously as a business you have to turn a profit but there isn't always that pressure it's like they really they genuinely care about what you're doing and they want to help you it's a really rare thing to find so I think that's why it's so popular because we're able to kind of find the ethical investors to get involved in part. and pitch and plant I think
1: someone says um be- vegan investment at the moment is is growing and we're it seeing is. so
2: many- yeah
1: Raise money, and we're seeing, you know, our friends at All Plants raised an incredible round of seven point five million Series A. That that is unheard of for vegan businesses, especially in the UK. Yeah. But what I say is that investors who are backing vegan businesses, like the majority of vegan businesses, aren't going to be an All Plants. They're not going to IPO. They're not going to make millions and millions of pounds. Most of these businesses, if they survive, will be lifestyle businesses that will sustain. The founders and maybe a couple of staff that you know and the people back in these businesses um that they're not that they're unlikely to make billions of pounds from their investments mm-hmm. there may be the odd breakout success story but ultimately a lot of these investors are doing it because they kind of want to support a community and you know over a period of five ten years they probably will do okay out of it you know but they're not going to like i think it's unlikely that you know all these businesses now that are doing really well that all of them are going to go in exit, you know, for millions and millions of pounds yeah. of stock. I just don't think that's how it's going to play out. Um, unless you're looking at kind of the um some of the alternative meats and cheese companies yeah. and they're, yeah, they're exactly. Right. So they're doing it more
0: to help further the cause. Um yeah, they
1: give people and they they probably will over the long term make gains. Yeah. Properly.
0: Yeah. Um
1: but, it's it's no it's by no means guaranteed I think all. of course
0: got it now um Judy I think you touched on or one of you uh, touched on marketing so I wanted to ask you about that because your events I mean even from the get-go your events uh you know obviously the the thing people in running events is oh my god is anyone going to turn up um, yeah. and I know I have I even have events organizers I know this is your background Judy I even have professional events organizers panic and they do all kinds of strategies of, you know, uh, special early birds, you know what I mean, because you really want to get people there. Now, from the get go, evolution has been successful in uh, attracting, you know, decent numbers, good numbers of, of crowds to your events. So I'm just curious what marketing strategies have been the most successful and are the most successful for you in getting bums on seats?
2: Um, like it is like exactly what you said. It is scary. Like, and you always do think when you put an event on, like you're so excited, you put it on and you're like, Oh my, oh my God, God, now, now it's, it's like, real. <laughs> yeah. like constantly refreshing the page, like a vent um, huh. it changed quite a lot. Like when we first did Evolution, like it basically, we just had like, um, we we didn't we, we basically didn't have we had still, no money. Yeah, to market yeah, we had no money to market it, and we still we've operated. We had it. no
1: social media following. Really. We had no
2: social media following, but there was like the, like we had there's such a strong community, and things have changed over time because as as veganism has become more mainstream, there's become more events, and you know we constantly have to be on our toes with changing our strategy and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And for us, I think the strongest thing that's helped us is um the storytelling side of it because with everything we're doing, we you know we're providing a platform for people to share their stories so we like to make our content very interactive instead of it being super salesy and super promotional and it's more about getting the story about whoever's involved across to our audience and our attendees so they get excited about coming and hearing more at the event so we do this through like doing lots of really cool like blog content so we do interviews and different articles and A podcast. our podcast um we do um kind of like get some of the speakers to do instagram takeovers and we feel like that really works because it it makes it more interactive Active and engaging and we also think of ourselves how we kind of like you know engage in different content and you know different sales things and if you've got someone just like constantly sending newsletters like buy this ticket like come now it's like it's just a bit intense so we just try and like mix it up so there is like you know creative content for people to engage with
1: and speaking about the early days of evolution I think it's because we we are part of like I guess like new wave of veganism like veganism has been around for 70 years and there's been all these people doing incredible work for to get it to like where it is now but i guess we we're part of that new wave of vegans who have come along the last kind of five to six years and kind of um we a whole bunch of us who have gone on to create companies that are doing well like we we were just friends you know hanging around Mm. talking about what what are we going to do to kind of like follow our passion basically Mm. And that's like how plant based news came about. That's how um, v Evolution came about. That's how Bosch came about. All these companies, like basically people who were connected to each other, knew each other, and were like, okay, let's start our own, uh, a new movement from people of our age and our, our generation. And every, and you know, after us, there'd be another, wa- there's another wave already of younger vegans who yeah. are creating their new businesses and their communities. And um, I think that's, it was just, that time and where we were and and we know we'd started something that people told us they needed and wanted and it got great support and you know things have evolved and there's so much more choice now for people and we have to be more creative and professional in the way we market in the early days we just sort of put an event up on Facebook and loads of people (laughs)
0: what do you do now like do you use I'm assuming you have obviously got a decent sized email list now which is always good for for getting people because they're already part of your community do you use do you use like social media advertising I'm curious about your thoughts on that because I know there's kind of very mixed views amongst business owners and and marketing people about the uh, you know whether it's actually worth like paying to boost a post on Facebook or do a Facebook ad campaign or an Instagram ad campaign so I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit about that
1: we do some of that. I would say we do it at quite a low level. Um, but I'm again, I'm kind of skeptical as to how much impact Facebook um campaigns have for us. Um it seems really that Instagram is the big driver of awareness about our events. Mm. And then quite often it's emails that kind of tip people over into making the decisions come. Um we we try and be, like Judy said, creative with um, we'd get people to do Instagram takeovers and that kind of um, that create that that kind of content to so raise awareness um, I think Facebook's a very difficult platform especially for new businesses without brand awareness you know I think what's the thing I say someone needs to see your event your product seven times before they' yeah like <laughs> a, a decision on it so I guess you know if you've got something keep popping up on Facebook it may be they buy it through a different route I you know look Paying for fa- Facebook ads, paying for Instagram ads, unfortunately, it's it's here to stay. I think what is interesting is looking at new emerging platforms. If you're starting a new business and trying to build communities on there, like, for example, a friend of ours, um, Daniel Goodall, who's, um, he's a, he does have films, actually, yeah, highlight videos for fee um, He's created a platform called Fee society um, which is oh his- yes,
0: I think he sent me a press release actually about that. I've Oh, I thought that's in my inbox to follow up with the amount oh, of other I things. Oh, yeah.
1: He's an absolute genius. Yeah, isn't he's, he? incredible. he's incredible. He really is. Um, he represents like you know the kind of new wave of young vegan entrepreneurs who are mm. not only great at filming but they can code, they can they can talk well. They're just incredible, and he's created this platform where you know, like, actually. There's not you haven't got to pay for ads. There's a whole community of people on there. Like, go go and hang out on there. Go and hang out on you know um, Reddit or other other platforms where um, maybe they're not so saturated. And I think that there there's little and LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn is incredible. For yes. Yeah. Like I I would say that you know if I, I I feel like Facebook for us is just not where it's at. Mm. um Instagram will still be a really important place for us but increasingly I would say that it's about finding those little niches and building communities within them and if you're just throwing money down like at Facebook campaigns all the time I just don't think you're going to see a net net gain unless you've got something that is really like just a product. That is very sort of um people need a lot. I
0: yeah, guess. yeah, got it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So it's always good to get people's different people's perspectives um, on that. And like you say, yeah, there's these emerging platforms and it can be quite quite a dilemma for for business owners you know to know well, where do i you know where do i go where, where where do i spend the money where do i try and get organic reach from so it's good to get your your views on that so
1: um awesome. just spend uh, as little money as possible on yeah. <laughs> yeah really so, and make yourself invaluable to the communities that you join you know if you're a vegan entrepreneur there's you know vegan entrepreneur groups on linkedin make yourself a valuable member of that community when someone asks a question be there to offer your Your advice, you know, and I see as something you did, Katrina. I would see you on LinkedIn, posting and commenting and like make yourself a part of the community. And therefore, when you do come with your sale your sale, you know, your offer, what you're offering as a business, people are gonna be more receptive. It's that because they see you as a valuable member of their community yeah
0: that's a, a really good point and it's a long game isn't it it's a long game I oh yeah, there's no shortcuts I say unless you've got a ton of money to spend on i've called it i don't know if somebody else called it but i've named it the paris hilton effect where apparently she hired about five publicists and then it got famous so quickly but you know most of us can't do that so it is more of that yeah that longer game and, and actually improving that you're there for the long haul as well because there's often people kind of popping up as you know a vegan expert here a vegan, and then they're kind of gone after Six months, you know, presumably because they wow. didn't make enough sales. But you know that you've got to be in it for the long haul and, and have the passion. So I love that. So just wrapping up, then, what's your long-term vision for for both yourselves, for Damien and for Judy, and for Beevolution?
1: Well, we're getting married in May. Oh, lovely
0: oh how exciting oh congratulations so i think you're the first people i've had on here to to say that how exciting oh, Yay! vegan wedding
1: yeah. oh yeah so we are doing a big blog about um how to do a vegan wedding i'm getting a vegan soup made we've got amazing vegan baker bees bakery doing like a oh, lovely so we're going to be doing a whole load of content around um a big vegan wedding yeah um so that's like it's <laughs> like something we're we're doing which we're really super excited about um in terms of the business evolution is going to be continuing to collaborate with Eat, drink vegan they came over and hosted a stage at um our festival last year and we're going to be going out to los angeles again this june's collaborate with them so there's kind of a really great brother and sister relationship nice. there between us and eat drink vegan and you know we're we're looking to grow our movement internationally. So we would love to do v in other, other countries around the world. So if anyone's listening to this and they think I would love V-Volution in my city, just like hit us up with an email because we're really open to trying to do that. And growing your business internationally isn't the easiest thing to do. So we need people and we need great people in those countries to work with us. So we want to grow our movement beyond the UK. We want to keep supporting businesses and you know um we're going to be holding our plant-based business boot camp again on the 13th of july that hasn't been publicly announced yet so this is like a little exclusive Um, (laughs)
0: um,
1: and we're we're hopefully be announcing something with pitch and plant for that as well so there'd be another version of um and plant and yeah
2: and we're also going to be growing our media side of things as well like our multimedia content um so that's really exciting as well so we're putting a lot more focus on that this year and coming up with some new products so yeah so we're
1: kind of in the development phase for those multimedia products at the moment and by the summer I expect to see evolution focusing more on that area so we're going to be releasing yeah. some more media products yeah
0: yeah so some content do you mean like, yeah. Yeah, like
1: yeah um yeah videos, podcasts, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Fantastic, wonderful! Oh, it's very exciting. I love it. Well, look, you've shared some fantastic insights, um, both of you, and it's been great to see V grow. And I really appreciate you being generous in sharing, you know, your journey and how it's worked for you, and and sharing some really useful tips and advice. So I know I'm always inspired when I do these interviews, and today is no different. So it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to two people from my original hometown. Um, so thank you both for coming on the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who knew all these vegans were from Dartford,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. So that was Damien Clarkson and Judy Nadal from Vvolution. You can find out more at vevolution.co. And that link is on the show notes page at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts and going to episode 117. Now for some vegan business news highlights. The plant-based World Conference and Expo takes place in New York next month, that's 7 to the 8th of June 2019. This is a new event that has three streams – business, health and community. The trade show brings together experts, entrepreneurs, corporates and investors working or interested in the plant-based market. On the second day, the event is open to the general public. I'm excited to be heading over to one of my favorite cities where I'll be doing some interviews and reporting on interesting trends and developments from a business perspective. So if you haven't already signed up for my newsletter, go to veganbusinessmedia.com so that you can keep up to date and you can also connect with me on my social media platforms. Now, the organiser of the Plant-Based World Conference and Expo, Ben Davis, was a guest on the show recently, so you can listen to his interview in episode 113. You can find out more about the expo and register at plantbasedworldexpo.com. And that link is on the show notes page for this episode at veganbusinessmedia.com forward slash podcasts. Beyond Meat is set to become the first publicly traded vegan meat company. The brand, which makes plant-based versions of burgers, sausages and other products that mimic the taste, texture and smell of their animal-based counterparts, is due to go public on the 1st of May. And again, that's 2019 if you're listening in the future. According to Reuters, in its latest filing with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, Beyond Meat said it expects to offer 9.63 million shares and the IPO is to be priced between $23 and $25 per share. This will put the company's value at $1.49 billion. So this is really exciting and paves the way for more vegan companies to go public and make their products mainstream. Fantastic. So that's it for this episode of Vegan Business Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you gave it a review and rating on iTunes or any other platform you're listening on. Finally, I encourage you to head over to veganbusinessmedia.com where you can find more free resources as well as details of how we can work together to help you grow your vegan business. I'm Katrina Fox, author of Vegan Ventures, Start and Grow an Ethical Business. And I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode of Vegan Business Talk. Bye for now.